Welcome to the Ashley and Jessicast. I started this podcast because of my love for Jessica and Ashley Simpson, but due to the support of my amazing listeners, I have been able to expand to other topics as well to feed my pop culture obsession and yours. Join me as we time travel through some of the most interesting figures in music, movies, TV, and beyond. I'm your host, Leah Russo. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Ashley and Jessica cast. Today, we are doing Lindsay Lohan Part 5. And I know you already saw the title, so you're thinking, oh, it's going to be all about speak. And it will be about speak. But we're going to talk about the rest of Lindsay Lohan's 2004 in general because this was such a huge year for her. It really was like the pinnacle of her career and her fame and all of that. So there's a lot to go over. This girl has had such a crazy life. So today we're going to talk about the album. We're going to talk about Wilmer. We're going to talk about her father. We're going to talk about being hospitalized for exhaustion, which is so kind of glamorous to me because of this. <laughs> because of Lindsay and Mariah, I find being hospitalized for exhaustion fabulous. I would love to be hospitalized for exhaustion, especially if I was a movie star. Like if I was hospitalized for exhaustion now, it would be like kind of sad. But, you know, being a movie star or a famous singer who recently had a failed movie. I mean, that's fabulous, you know, for being to be hospitalized for exhaustion. I love it. It's very glam, uh, but it actually was kind of serious. And I'm very happy that Lindsay was OK. So, yeah, there's just there's so much to talk about. But first, I want to remind you, the Ashley and Jessica cast is on Patreon. If you want bonus episodes, go to patreon.com slash Ashley and Jessica cast. It's five dollars a month. You can cancel anytime online. I love our fan community on there. So special thank you to all of my patrons. It means the world to me. Your support is everything. Like I can't <laughs> explain how much I really truly appreciate it. How much work goes into all these episodes. Lord. So as I said, this is part five. That means there's part one, two, three, and four that you have to go listen to. Part one is all about her childhood and the parent trap. Part two is all about the feud with Hillary Duff. Very detailed account of that whole situation. Part three is all about Freaky Friday and Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Part four was Mean Girls and all of the big wins that Lindsay experienced in 2004 from hosting SNL and the MTV Movie Awards to the absolutely stunning rave reviews of Mean Girls and doing so well at the box office. So now let's get into some of the other things that were going on in 2004. So at the end of the last episode, I ended by saying that Lindsay had a meeting with Tommy Mottola in the summer and he was just over the moon, wanted to work with her very badly. Lindsay actually said that the two of them ended up becoming extremely close. She went as far to say that he was a second father to her, which is crazy, right? Because we know Tommy Mottola as being like a horrible person from the accounts of Mariah Carey and Michael Jackson. We know he stole music from Mariah and gave it to J-Lo. And so he's manipulative and cutthroat and all of these things. 
So to hear Lindsay say that he's a father figure is very interesting and I wonder what their relationship was actually like because Lindsay, her father was in and out of her life, in and out of jail, in and out of getting arrested. I mean, this year alone, he was arrested multiple times. I wonder if Lindsay kind of leaned into the bond that she was forming with Tommy. I don't know if he was sincere in this, I, I wonder if he tried to control her, you know, I mean, he's known for that. So I don't know, it's very strange, but he said about her, she had every quality you could possibly want in trying to break and develop a new artist. She was already a star. She has magical charisma. She had begun to light up the screen with millions of fans. <laughs> what a cheesy, like he doesn't sound very sincere. He said, that's so cheesy Hollywood BS. Lindsay had actually been working on music for a long time. She had been recording tracks here and there. She had been working with Emilio Estevan for a while who helped her record some demos. She of course recorded multiple songs for the Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen soundtrack. She had a song called I Decide that she did with Diane Warren which was on the Princess Diaries 2 soundtrack. She also had the song Ultimate which she sings at the end of Freaky Friday and is also on the soundtrack of course. She said that she had meetings with Randy Jackson from American Idol as well. So there had just been a lot of Lindsay delving in and out of music and she had really wanted to release an album for years dating back to the 2001-2002 part of her life. As much as this album seemed kind of like a rushed, hey this girl is just super famous right now, let's throw an album out there, it actually did mean a lot to Lindsay and she said that her main inspiration for wanting to do it is that she's always been a singer, actress, and dancer. She's of course known for acting but she always really did all three because she looked up to old Hollywood movie stars such as Anne Margaret, Marilyn Monroe, and Audrey Hepburn, people that could sing, dance, and act and did it all in the movies and a lot of movies that Lindsay grew up watching from the classic era were musicals. She's always wanted to incorporate those other talents into her films as well, but she really wanted to differentiate herself as a musical artist from the actress Lindsay. She said that in a lot of ways, it was much more nerve-wracking to do an album because she's putting it all out there as herself and she doesn't have a character to hide behind. She talked a lot about the variety that she wanted to have on the album. So she wanted to kind of incorporate all of the popular sounds of the time. Now remember, this is 2004. So the bubblegum pop era is fading out and a lot of R&B is coming into pop. This is before dubstep and things like that. So what you had more so was a rock slash pop sound. So just around the time that Lindsay signed with Tommy Mottola, who had her big number one debut album, Miss Ashley Simpson, and Lindsay was compared a lot to Ashley Simpson because they both have that raspy voice. They're not known for like amazing Mariah and Whitney vocals. They're known for that gravelly sound, which is actually very appealing to the ears, in my opinion. Hilary Duff also was doing kind of a pop rock vibe. Her album that ended up coming out in September 2004, a little bit before Lindsay's, was very rock influenced. I mean... <laughs> It's like Hillary doing it, so it's not like anyone was confusing her with ACDC, but you know what I mean. It was that pop punk rock vibe that Avril Lavigne really was the one. I don't know. I'm not going to say she did it first, but she was really the one that went big with that in 2002, and that sound just continued to grow in popularity. 
And so Lindsay was working with a lot of the same songwriters and producers that Hillary, Ashley, Avril, and Kelly Clarkson were all working with. I'm sure many other artists were working with them, but those are kind of the big ones. The big names that we're dealing with here are Cara Diaguardi, Greg Wells, John Shanks. I mean, we all know that these writers and producers were extremely busy around this time trying to pump out songs for all of these young women's new albums. Also in the summer of 2004, she signed on to do another film with Disney. Of course, I'm talking about Herbie Fully Loaded, and Tommy really wanted Lindsay to get her album out by Christmas. So this was kind of a problem because when you're making a movie, it's an incredibly demanding schedule. You have to get there, you know, normally for a film, you're getting there first thing in the morning before the sun even comes up and you're leaving well after the sun has gone down. It just doesn't leave a lot of time to do anything, never mind record an album, which is an absolutely huge undertaking. Tommy thought it was important to get the album out by Christmas because albums notoriously do well during this time because it's the holiday season so a lot of people are buying gifts and he also wanted to capitalize on the fact that Lindsay was the biggest movie star in the world and she had so much hype around her she was on fire she was just doing so incredibly well that it was almost a given that an album from her would do well like it almost seemed as though it would have to be just an abysmal album for people not to buy it because she was that it girl of the moment where it just felt like everything that she did was going to turn to gold and people People were so interested in her at the time. You guys have to remember there was constant, constant media attention for Lindsay during this time. And a lot of it she really conjured up herself because she spent the whole year promoting various projects. I mean, from Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, which came out in February, to Mean Girls, which came out in April. Then she went on a press tour to promote both her appearances on SNL and on the MTV Movie Awards. Then she gets signed to the record label. She's doing every magazine cover. She's doing every television show. I mean, there are so many, <laughs> there are so many appearances that she made on still online. And I know it's not even half of what she actually did because I remember what it was like when she was everywhere. And then she starts making her be fully loaded. So it's only natural that they would want to strike while the iron is hot. It's a very common phrase in show business because as I'm sure you know, I mean, our faves are our faves, but they're the public's faves for a very short period of time, right? It's like, we're still all talking about Jessica and Ashley and stuff, but most people aren't. Like there really is a time where you're on fire and you have to take advantage of that because show business is so up and down, so fickle that, you know, if you don't capitalize now, you could end up broke in a few years if you're not careful, you know? That's why I think the key with becoming famous is investing your money right away. Like, don't buy all the flashy diamonds and cars and houses and things that you can afford because it's not going to last forever. So you really have to make sure that if you want to maintain an entertainment career that you are careful. The thing with Lindsay, though, is she was so big at this time that if they had released the album in the spring instead of in November 2004, if it had come out spring 2005, like, I don't think that would have been... <laughs> that wouldn't have been a catastrophe, especially because you're dealing with this 18-year-old girl who has had asthma her entire life and has been overworked 
since the age of eight or even before then to be honest so it's like maybe it's not such a good idea to add making an album on top of making a movie like doing that at the same time is probably not going to work one of the big dilemmas that we had was she was filming a movie while we were making the album she worked on her album during the set of herbie i think she recorded five tracks in the trailer we made a little mini studio and on her downtime, whether it was lunch breaks or after the shooting schedule during the day, we do our recording. Is it crazy to anybody else how Tommy's just like, oh yeah, you know, we did it during her lunch breaks, blah, blah, blah. So when was she eating lunch then? When was this 18-year-old girl eating lunch then if she was working through her lunch breaks, you know? And the thing about Lindsay is she probably didn't even think twice about it because early in her life, like we said in episode one, she had to do her schoolwork, her homework as a young child on the Long Island Railroad going back and forth from home to New York City to do her campaigns and commercials and all of the stuff that she was doing after she signed to Ford Models. So she was used to working during her breaks. And I totally get it. Look, you know, you have to make sacrifices in order to have really big success and, you know, work hard, play hard. I'm all about that. But at the same time, there's like a basic level of self-care that you have to do. It just really disappointing to me that all these adults in her life even though she was an adult she only had been legally an adult for like a month at this point or a couple months so it's like I don't know it's just kind of sad to me but again like I said the last episode Tommy was really working under the Jennifer Lopez model and Jennifer Lopez is a workhorse Jennifer is famous for doing a movie Monday through Thursday working on a TV show Friday and Saturday recording for her album on Sunday squeezing in photo shoots and appearances and all that kind of stuff all at once the difference though is that Jennifer Lopez is like almost 15 years older than Lindsay <laughs> so Jennifer had a better head on her shoulders at this point she was very very focused on her career and wasn't really interested in going out and partying and stuff but Lindsay just turned 18 she has her first serious boyfriend she's rich she's famous she wants to go out every night and party and party she did I mean she was seen everywhere every night I mean they would always it was like they were reporting on her every move like you saw her shopping during the day you know you saw her going from set to set and appearance to appearance you saw her on her days off shopping during the day and getting lunch and then going out to the clubs at night I mean it was one of those things where you knew where she was all the time it really reminds me of Britney a couple years before the conservatorship was put in place where it was like she had worked so much for so long and she really just wanted to be a young person and party and have fun she was just so relentlessly stalked that as much fun as it looked it probably wasn't <laughs> another thing with Britney I always think about her in terms of capitalizing and striking while the iron is hot because her team pushed her so 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 hard from 98 to 2004 that by the end of that she was just so done and it's crazy because if they had just given her like a month off here and there it's not the whole career wouldn't have collapsed you know what I mean Britney was so huge she had so much going for her she could have taken some time for herself and then maybe mental health issues wouldn't have arose after a few years of that it's just really unfortunate how people see these young women as cash cash and yes it's true Britney and Lindsay loved what they did that was clear you could see the passion in Britney's eyes when she danced on stage and you you could see how much Lindsay loved what she was doing and that she felt that she was living a dream but 
at the same time you have your human beings you have to rest and you have to take care of yourself and that was something Lindsay just wasn't doing and I think that she was under a huge amount of pressure from her mother her father and of course Tommy Mottola I think that she probably felt like oh my god I have this record deal I'm working with this huge record executive I can't let him down I can't tell them that I need some time off I have to just do this album and so what happened was they ended up recording the album in two main places the first place was a portable studio that they added to Lindsay's trailer so that in between scenes of Herbie fully loaded, she could go into the trailer and record. And the other place was Wilmer Valderrama's apartment. <laughs> so that just goes to show, I'm actually surprised the album sounds as good as it does. Cara Diaguardi actually commented that she would be sitting in Lindsay's trailer for hours waiting for her. Like she was literally just hired and paid to be there at Lindsay's beck and call because Lindsay had to make sure all those scenes were getting filmed and then on her downtime on set would record the album and Kara says that she swears that you can hear some of the test racing going on because Herbie Fully Loaded is of course a movie about a car and there's a lot of car stunts and stuff like that and they were testing the vehicles out on the side of Lindsay's trailer and there was nothing they could do about it and Kara's like I swear you can hear some of that in the background of the album which I haven't actually been able to hear but who knows maybe if you turn the volume all the way up and really listen you can hear some of that and it would make sense right because the world doesn't stop because Lindsay's trying to record an album. In fact, everything just kept going, 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 going at maximum speed and eventually caused her to be hospitalized. So on top of everything else, Lindsay was also in the midst of filming a guest spot on that 70s show, I guess because she was dating Wilmer at the time. So Danielle, tell me again how much more you like me than Kelsey. <laughs> well, you're sensitive and thoughtful and understanding. And very, very sexy. Lady, don't ever stop talking. <laughs> and you're funny and sweet. And did I mention very, very sexy? Lady, you gotta shut up. I just, who thought this was a good idea? Like, again, she couldn't be on the next season of that 70s show or something? Like, why are you having this young girl film another thing on top of the movie and the album that she's doing? Like, just chill. But she actually ended up having to downgrade her role because in the midst of working on that 70s show, that's when she was hospitalized. So I think, you know how sometimes in life you're just going and going and going and you know you're not taking good care of yourself and you're like, damn, I really have to cut down on caffeine and I really have to cut down on sugar and I really have to exercise more and I have to get more sleep and I have to not schedule so many things during the day, but you just kind of ignore it and you keep going and going and going and going and then there's like one more thing that you add on and that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. I think that that's what this is. Is. Around this time, now this was October, Lindsay and Wilmer also broke up. So that must have added a lot of stress onto her as well. And like I said, on top of the massive success that she was dealing with all year, which yes is a blessing and a good thing, but it's still a lot for somebody to deal with. Like even when something is amazing and a dream come true, even when there's a good change, sometimes it's just a lot for somebody to handle, especially someone as young as Lindsay. She also was dealing with the family issues at the same time. So I think it was really hard for her because she was constantly on these shows promoting all of her projects 
and her dad was getting arrested left and right and it just really it's so disappointing like why couldn't he get his act together when his daughter was so in the spotlight and he knew that anything that he did reflected on her and he knew that he was famous because of her it's just I mean it's so complicated obviously but he was arrested at least three times in 2004 but possibly more than that so the first one that happened this year that I know of is he assaulted a relative at a family gathering allegedly I think he punched his brother-in-law at a communion party on May 23rd on Long Island and you know I mean I love Long Island I'm not I'm not saying anything against it but it's not the first time a you know a brother-in-law was punched at a Long Island communion party you know what I mean like if you're from around here you know what I'm saying but Lindsay's like promoting mean girls and she's had just been on SNL like she's on top of the world and she has to deal with freaking Diane Sawyer being like so what's going on with your dad you know it's just really unfortunate he was arrested again on July 1st facing charges that he skipped out on a $3,800 hotel tab at Ohika Castle also on Long Island and he was arrested again on November 30th it says he was arrested Monday night on charges of criminal contempt for allegedly violating an order of protection taken out against him by his wife Dina Monday's arrest revolved around an incident two weeks ago in which he allegedly chased daughter Lindsay 18 when she showed up at her younger brother Dakota soccer game in Merrick Long Island the sporting event was also intended by his wife and the children's mother Dina who had secured an order of protection against Michael last month so that's crazy like she secured an order of protection against him in October right and that's also around the same time that Lindsay was hospitalized I mean how much can this girl take all of this is happening in the same freaking month are you kidding me I mean of course she's gonna end up in the hospital that just makes sense if you're a human being like how much can you possibly deal with all at once and not just dealing with it all at once but dealing with it all at once knowing that if any of it gets out or if you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing you're gonna be all over the tabloids again and then you're gonna have to explain the situation to the world that's one thing that really stresses me out when I think about fame is when something happens to you you have to like make a statement about it you have to explain it like imagine something bad that's happened to you in life imagine if you had to answer to people that you don't even know about it that's so strange to me like that that actually like makes my skin crawl so look what I'm saying is it's no mystery why this girl ended up in the hospital and I feel like when a lot of people talk about this they kind of talk about it like this was the beginning of the end for Lindsay like this was this hospitalization is actually because she was doing so many drugs and partying so much and I really don't think she was doing that many drugs at this point of course obviously I don't know she definitely was partying but I don't even think she was partying that hard I think that her schedule first and foremost was extremely exhausting plus her family issues plus just the pressure of fame in general Plus, she has the bronchial asthma, and when she was working on Herbie Fully Loaded, she noted that it was like 100 degrees. She's wearing one of those bodysuits that racers wear, so it's long sleeves, long pants, and all of the dust from the track in Herbie is getting into her lungs and causing her to be coughing a lot and causing her voice to be even scratchier and then she has to go into the studio in between takes where she's already (laughs) working her ass off and sing and strain her voice further and honestly I love Lindsay but when she was promoting her album and she started doing live performances 
doesn't sound great in live performances and she actually lip synced a couple of them and got a ton of backlash for it because at that point it was still like you know oh my god somebody got caught lip syncing she started promoting and performing right after Ashley had been lip syncing on SNL so it was all eyes on people who lip sync it was a very hot topic of the time so Lindsay got a ton of backlash for lip syncing and of course she claimed that she wasn't really lip syncing but she was. You can watch the Good Morning America performance and tell me what you think. Of course, she was just like, oh, I wasn't lip syncing. I was just using a backing track, but I was singing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure she was singing. Like a lot of the time when when I say lip syncing, what I mean is like there's a backing track that's played all the way up. Like the volume is very high. And so you can't hear the singer because they don't want you to hear the singer because the singer doesn't sound great. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not like they're literally sinking along and not making any sound but that doesn't mean it's a live performance honey you know what I mean but look you got to do what you got to do so Lindsay was hospitalized on October 25th 2004 she had been sick most of the previous week and entered the hospital for observation while running a temperature of 103 she had been scheduled to film a guest spot on that 70s show that day and the next day, but was forced to cancel. Production on Herbie Fully Loaded also had to be halted because she was too sick to work. Her publicist said she was wiped out when she went into the hospital. She's going to stay until they figure out what she has and starts to feel better. Lindsay said that when she first started to feel super sick, she went over to Wilmer's apartment, which is where she was kind of living at the time. Like she had her own place, but she was there most of the time. She said he tried to take care of me and I was screaming in the bedroom. Then she went to her doctor who directed her to go to the emergency room. Lindsay and Wilmer ended up splitting up just a couple weeks after this. So I wonder how volatile or how many issues were occurring in the relationship around the time that he's trying to take care of her and comfort her. Doesn't sound like a fun situation to be in. While promoting the album, Lindsay spoke a lot about this experience and she says, I had to leave the house at four in the morning to go on set. I would literally get home at two in the morning, sleep, and then sleep in the car for an hour. While on the set at the California Speedway, she was trying to record her first album, Speak, in her trailer because it was overdue. Since since when was it overdue? It, it wasn't overdue. Like, they were putting so much unnecessary pressure on her. Lindsay said, I can't record the album in a trailer in a movie set because we're hearing the cars driving around on the record. So then we start trying to go to a studio. So I leave the set so tired from the day, be in the studio until like 2.30 in the morning. When it came to dealing with the pain of her parents' situation, she turned to Valderrama, wanting to be with him every five seconds because I didn't have anyone to go to. At 24 years old, he couldn't handle it, she says. I'm ruining this relationship with this guy I think is my first love, she remembers thinking. I'm ruining it because I'm taking everything out on him. I started to get really bad head pains to the point where I was shaking in my trailer. I got to a fever of 102 and they were like, you need to go to the hospital. I was like, no, I'm not going to the hospital. I went back to my boyfriend's house, laid down on the bed, and I started getting these shooting head pains where I would wake up in the middle of the night. I kid you not, I was lying in that bed and I never heard someone scream so loud. I was screaming, throwing things because the pains were so intense in my head like someone was stabbing me. She finally checked into the hospital and learned of her diagnosis. My liver was swollen and I had a kidney infection and my white blood cells were accelerated. She said, I love how I say it like that. I don't know what it means, but it's not good. I wasn't eating. I was on an IV. 
they were giving me shots of morphine to numb the head pains every two hours. Really, was that necessary for them to give her morphine? Why did they, they gave her something that strong? Girl. Over the next week and a half, she began to look like a completely different person. She took out her hair extensions. The orangey glow she had achieved from frequent trips to Mystic Tan completely faded and she lost around 15 pounds. By the time her family and best friend Jesse Shulman arrived from the East Coast, I was really, really white. I got really, really pale and my hair was really short and I was like this, she says, shriveling up, looked like a famine victim, okay? And I hadn't gotten out of the bed. My legs were so numb from not walking, I had a walker to walk to the bathroom and back. My body didn't have enough strength to take a shower. But yeah, yeah, let's force her to make this album and get it out by Christmas. Sounds great idea. Great idea. Upon seeing Lindsay, Jessie started to cry and had to leave the room. Her father showed up at the hospital but didn't make it past the lobby. I have to be honest, says Lindsay. I would have liked to have seen him. But my mother was there and my brother and sister were there and they were scared. Imagine dealing with your siblings being too scared of your father for him to come visit you. That's... Uh, okay. While the illness was very real, Lohan admits that getting sick in such a dramatic fashion served as a cry for help. I didn't want to complain, but that was my way to complain, to actually let everyone know. Yeah, I am really sick. I can't imagine seeing your daughter lying in a hospital bed while white as a ghost, so tiny and frail looking. They then asked Dina how she felt about the situation, and she said, Lindsay has had bronchial asthma since she was two. She was shooting Herbie in the valley in 110 degree weather with the full racing suit on in dust and dirt. She had an asthma attack. She was breaking up with Wilmer. Her father was spiraling out of control at that time, and she was recording her album, which Tommy Mato was trying to get out in an unrealistic time frame as well. It was the culmination of a lot of things and of course anytime you're in hospital and you're on an IV you're going to lose weight. They said she was a little bit defensive and exasperated delivering that information and now you guys all know I ride for Dina. I mean I have defended Dina on this podcast before and I don't think she is anywhere near as bad of a mother as people claim but I think it's interesting that she's putting all of the blame on Tommy Matola. I mean trust me like Tommy Matola is trash like I'm not saying that he deserves to be defended or anything but you're the mother girlfriend like yes Lindsay had turned 18 so technically Dina can't really tell her what to do and Lindsay has said many times I should have listened to my mother I should have listened to my mother I should have listened to my mother I get it but she had only been 18 for a few months I mean I don't know I just <laughs> like I feel like perhaps there's something that she could have done but you know who am I to judge Lindsay talked to People Magazine about her hospitalization that November and said, I was overtired and working myself to death. When you're young, you think you can just keep going and going. But the medically imposed work break was exactly what she needed. I couldn't work, she said, and no one could bother me. See, that speaks volumes. That just shows that somebody should have said something. I'm, and I'm sure they did, but you know her mother or Tommy Matola maybe should have said, hey, look, you know, you don't have to work this much. You've already been busting your ass for the last few years. Take a break. Because after she was hospitalized, she went right back to work. It's not like she then had time off. You know what I mean? She had her time off in the hospital and then she got right back to it. In 2006, she commented on what had happened during this hospitalization and she said, my liver was swollen and I had a kidney infection and my white blood cells were accelerated. I was really, really white like a ghost and my legs 
were so numb for not walking. My body did not have enough strength to take a shower. So didn't have enough strength to take a shower and yet still we had to get this album out in the next few weeks after this happened. I just don't get it. Like I would never trade somebody's health for an album. Ugh. Like no wonder why the things that happened in subsequent years happened. It, it all completely makes sense. It, it fits together like a puzzle. So let's talk about this Lindsay and Wilmer breakup. On November 12, 2004, People Magazine reported Lindsay Lohan and Wilmer Valderrama have ended their relationship. No details were available on when or why the two split, but they're still friends, says Valderrama's rep Heidi Slan. Lohan's rep Leslie Sloan Zelnick says the Freaky Friday star is totally fine. She's working on her film, shooting some magazine covers, and preparing for her appearances on all major New York shows for her album. Lindsay Lohan's speak is due out December 7th. You know, your first relationship is difficult for both of them. It was difficult, but they felt they were both so busy with working. Lindsay was all over the place and Wilmer as well. He was working every day, you know, on that 70s show and doing films as well. So I think they realized that it was just getting too hard and they're so young that they needed, you know, especially Lindsay needed to experience other relationships. It got very serious, which was a little scary. So, you know, it's better that I can just go and be myself. And you take everything from that first relationship to the next one. So you can only learn from your mistakes. I was very insecure when I had a boyfriend. That changed when I didn't have a boyfriend. I think it's just a girl thing. You have the fear of, you know, in, in the first part of the relationship, you get to that point where you're like, they're chasing you. And then once they have you, then it's not, it's no game anymore. And they, and then it's like, you're afraid of losing that person because your whole life is them. You have no friends anymore. And that's what happened to me. And I was just like, wow, I have like, I, I don't even talk to my friends. And then when everything changed, I was with my friends and stuff again. And I was more myself. Like I'm, I'm able to go out with my girlfriends and not worry about having to like what he's going to be doing and stuff. And it's going to stay that way next time I'm in the relationship. I'm always going to have the upper hand. <laughs> I want to do what's good for Lindsay right now and take care of myself and get my stuff out there and show people this is what I'm doing and stuff and not, not, not touch anything else with that. I just want to do what's right for me. Lohan, 18, and Valderrama, 24, were first spotted together in May, but they didn't publicly acknowledge their relationship until her 18th birthday in July. At the Teen Choice Awards over the summer, Valderrama told People that he and Lohan had kept their romance a secret because it made it that much more special. <laughs> Or maybe it was because it was technically illegal for you to have relations with her. I think it was probably that. But he said, we try to keep it more under wraps because it is a lot more meaningful that way. At this point, we don't need all the free press. No, they certainly didn't need any free press. They were getting that press naturally. So Lindsay wrote the song over about him. And we're going to talk about Speak in just a moment. And I'll get more into what that song is about. But Lindsay had actually just done an interview with Jane Magazine, like right before they broke up. And she said that she wants to get married young and she wants to be a young mom. So she was saying that about their relationship. So that's interesting. Like she was already thinking about having babies and now all these years later, she isn't a mother, but she's engaged. So hopefully soon she'll get to live out that dream because I didn't even realize she was talking about this back then in 2004 when she had just turned 18. She also told Jane, I never thought I'd wake up in the morning at 18 with someone that I like and didn't care what I looked like and I don't care if my breath smells. That's so funny because I remember the first time I slept over with a guy too and I, w and I couldn't believe that I didn't care about that kind of stuff. Like I couldn't believe how comfortable I felt with him and I was like oh <laughs> this is what it's like to be in love and be in a relationship so I guess there were a lot of different rumors going around about why Lindsay and Wilmer had broken up and she said that none of them were true access Hollywood talked to her about it and she said 
everything was good. Everything happened for a reason. What's done is done. We're still good friends. We don't know what will happen in the future, but I have to focus on Lindsay right now. I wasn't really focusing on what was really good for me. I was trying to please everyone else. She also did an interview with Star Magazine and she wouldn't talk much about the breakup, but she defended herself because apparently one of the rumors was that she was the immature one in the relationship being younger and that Wilmer wanted to kind of settle down and and be in a more traditional relationship and Lindsay wanted to go out all the time. And she said that it's the opposite. People made it out to be like I was the immature one. It wasn't true. I wanted to stay home sometimes and he wanted to go out all the time of course he did he was looking for his his next <laughs> victim I mean come on so like I said unfortunately after her hospitalization Lindsay didn't get much sleep even though she claims that you know Wilmer was the one who wanted to go out all the time after her breakup with Wilmer she was going out a lot and she also went right back to filming Herbie which filmed from the beginning of August to mid-November 2004 she was making the album at the same time like we've talked about and then she had to start promoting it so she was out and about all the time whether it be for work or for fun and she was rumored to be dating a bunch of different guys she was seen with Wilmer a couple times so people thought that maybe she was dating him again that was never confirmed or denied but she definitely had dinner with him a couple of times she was also linked with Colin Farrell in both New York and LA and she was frequently seen and photographed out at clubs so she just was she was burning the candle at both ends and it just kind of never calmed down for her around this time it just felt like she was in the news every single day whether it was for work or being at a club or whatever and then it was time to release the album of the century of course speak now before I get into all of the reporting on this album I just want to say what I personally feel of it now you're gonna get a more in-depth look into Lindsay's music I did an episode with Jesse Chambliss of the podcast Jesse's Girls you guys know him because I've had him on the podcast before and we talked a lot about Lindsay in general but also about her two albums speak and a little more personal raw so that's gonna be really fun because we haven't done a conversational episode about Lindsay I haven't had a guest on in this series yet so I'm really excited for that so stay tuned for that but as far as my personal opinion on speak and on Lindsay as a musical artist in general I think Lindsay's multi-talented I love a lot of her songs, but I never really got into Speak or A Little More Personal at the time. I remember listening to them and not being crazy about them, but I did love some of her singles. Over is my favorite. I've always loved that song. I just feel like she put so much passion into it. You can really tell that that song is a true story and you can feel the pain that she was going through at the time in her breakup. And I just think it's a really good, really enduring breakup song. I love Ultimate from Freaky Friday. I'm always singing that song. I just think it's so catchy. But I think that she wasn't really ready to put out an album. I think, And not just because of how busy her schedule was at the time. I think on a, on a maximum level, like she just wasn't ready. I think she needed to take more time with this. And she needed to do it at a time where she had more energy. And just more time in general. Making an album is a huge pursuit. And I understand why they didn't wait. I really do. Because as I said before, you have to strike while the iron's hot. And that's what they did. But I do think they rushed out this album. And I do think that you can kind of tell that they rushed out this album. But considering all of that, I think it's a really good album. My favorite song on it besides Over is Speak. I love the title track. And that was actually supposed to be a single. Unfortunately, that didn't end up happening. But I love that song, Speak. And 
My other favorite song on it, weirdly, is To Know Your Name, which is one of the only tracks on the album that she didn't write. But that one is very clearly about Wilmer and how everybody was dying to know who she was dating and she couldn't tell anybody because she was underage and he was 24 and that whole thing. I find it to be a very kind of like mysterious, interesting type of song that a lot of girls at the time didn't have on their albums. But really, most of the songs are pretty good. Like you can listen to the album all the way through. There's a lot of great lyrics on this album, and I think the album does sound cohesive. I enjoy what Lindsay's voice sounds like on the recording because I like her raspy voice. As I said before, it does kind of remind me of Ashley Simpson's. But her live performance is just not there, and I think that she really needed to take more time. If this was really something that meant a lot to her, she needed to take some time away from acting and really do it for real and not just pump this album out as quickly as they could get it. I think that if she had spent time in rehearsal studios, working a lot harder on her voice, working with vocal coaches, I think that this whole era in her life would have gone a little bit better. She just would have been taking the time to really find herself as a musical artist as opposed to just doing what was popular at the time. And I think that she was trying because she did write a lot of the songs on the album and a lot of the songs came from her personal diaries. So I do think that that's wonderful because it's not like they were just handing her songs and she was just recording them and that was it she really did put a lot into it and I mean that's one of the reasons why she was hospitalized right because she really was giving a lot to the movie and to her album and doing that 70s show and doing promotion and dealing with her father in and out of jail and all of this craziness so I think that you can hear that on the record but I just I would have loved to see what could have happened if she really took the time to nurture herself as a musical artist as opposed to just racing <laughs> no pun intended with her be fully loaded but racing at top speed to get it out. So that's my opinion. But I really do enjoy the album and I'm really really happy that I got to do this series and I got to delve into it more and I got to learn so many things about the creation of the album and I'm going to share all of that with you now. So Lindsay did an interview with IGN and it says Lindsay Lohan puts her heart into her debut album. Between battling illness and promoting her box office hit Mean Girls, Lindsay Lohan actually found time for a true labor of love writing her own lyrics for her debut album, Speak. I hope people aren't like, oh, she's just another actress trying to be a singer, trying to do the pop thing, because that's not what it is. This is really me putting a lot of my heart into it. And I don't doubt that. Like, I really don't doubt it, because the songs are good and the lyrics are good. Like, it really does feel like an album by an 18, 17, 18-year-old girl who is just like a little more elevated and a little more sophisticated than your average everyday girl because of her career, but still is going through the same things that all the rest of us go through at that age. She said that that she wanted to have a mixture of pop and rock and she also wanted to have songs that were really touching and close to her heart with fun songs as well. She said, I love those kinds of club tracks that you can listen to before you go out at night with all your friends and I also wanted stuff that was a little more rock that you could get into if you were angry or depressed or sad. I wanted to be able to touch upon all those feelings and I wanted to be able to speak about all different things too which is why I titled the album Speak. I was lucky enough to be able to go through everything and say exactly what I did and didn't want, which is hard for a first-time artist to do. You usually don't get those advantages, but Tommy Mottola allowed me to do that, and so did everyone at the label, which was very nice. So very different, huh, from Jessica's experience with Tommy. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. Jessica Simpson didn't get to make a lot of her own decisions on her album. I guess it is kind of similar in that Tommy did let her have 
some say in her first album but then on her second album it was the complete opposite he took control and wanted her to be more like Britney so I'm happy that it seems like Lindsay didn't have to deal with that this was past the era of everybody trying to be like Britney this was the era of as I said before Kelly Clarkson Avril Lavigne Ashley Simpson Hillary Duff like all trying to be like pop rock and Lindsay seemed to naturally fall into that mold without having to be pushed they asked her how this album compares with the songs that she did for Freaky Friday and Confessions she said those songs weren't me they weren't Lindsay at all so those had nothing to do with me in my musical career they were for the characters in those films and they said what is the major difference between singing a song that's just you and then singing a song when it's for a character and she says singing a song that's on my album I have more feelings toward it because more of how I feel is put into it and it's more of a personal issue and personal things that I've learned and experienced that's what's on my album it's from me and singing for a movie there's no real feeling towards it I'm just playing a character so my album is more a musician's piece for me as opposed to when I sing on the soundtracks and I'm being those characters she actually recorded this album in the same studio even that Ashley Simpson records in on the Ashley Simpson show it's the Henson Studios and that's where John Shanks was set up Lindsay worked with John Shanks on several songs and it was really important for Lindsay to try to differentiate herself from these other people that John Shanks were were working with and Cara Diaguardi was working with because she didn't want a carbon copy album right And the thing is, there is a lot of this album that does sound like those other artists. It really does. It's nowhere near as good as Ashley's autobiography, but I would say it's in the same vein as Hilary Duff's album that she released a couple months before Speak came out. So Lindsay wrote four of the songs on the album. She wrote Symptoms of You, Speak, Over, Anything But Me, and Rumors. So that's actually five songs. I think Speak and Over are the two best songs. And she wrote those, just three writers, her, John Shanks, and Cara Diaguardi. And then John and Cara to produce those two together with no additional producers. And I think that's the dream team that really worked for Lindsay. Her, Cara, and John. And I mean, that was the case with a lot of other artists too. Like I mentioned Kelly Clarkson. And Kelly Clarkson actually wrote a song that's on this album called Something I Never Had. She wrote it with Shelly Peekin and John Shanks. You can tell that even the songs that she didn't write are inspired by her journals. Because as I said, this song To Know Your Name that I really like, it was written by David Erickson and Tom Nichols and produced by Erickson. But you can tell that it's like word for word what Lindsay was writing about Wilmer. Like it so perfectly articulates being famous and hiding a relationship and dealing with all of that. Very, very interesting. So the first single was, of course, Rumors. I know we all remember it. Lindsay up in the club telling the DJ just to turn it up. I mean, who hasn't been in that scenario, you know? And everyone's just taking pictures of you and you don't know what to do with your life. That's what this song is about. So relatable. She released it as her first single on September 21st, 2004. It peaked at number six on Billboard's Bubbling Under Hot 100 singles chart. The music video did go to number one on TRL, and the single was certified gold by the RIAA due to strong digital downloads. It was even nominated for Best Pop Video at the 2005 MTV Video Music Awards. Access Hollywood interviewed Lindsay on the set of her Rumors video and she said, I guess everyone's going to have their own opinion and I'm doing it because it's something I want to do. She's talking about making the album and coming out as a singer. And while I'm young, I feel like it's the time to do it and have fun and experiment. Her second single, Over, was released on December 14th, 2004. 
It spent three weeks at number one on the Bubbling Under Hot 100 Singles chart. It was also her only single that was released in the UK, which is interesting because remember we had Joel from the Right Back At You podcast. He told me that Hillary and Lindsay weren't as big in the UK and I guess that makes sense if they didn't even release all of her singles over there. The album's title track Speak was supposed to be released as a third single. Lindsay performed it on sessions at AOL to start the promotion and Francis Lawrence was supposed to direct the music video. Oh, that would have been awesome. I don't know why that didn't happen. Probably because Lindsay was so overworked and exhausted and I mean I guess it's a good thing that it didn't happen but it's really disappointing because I love that song and there is actually a performance of Lindsay doing it in 2005 at Wango Tango. This is when she's like very skinny and blonde. She looks completely different. And even though she's lip syncing, she gives such a good performance. Like she's so into it. She's so passionate about this song. You can tell how much she loves the song. It's just disappointing that she didn't get to do it as a single because it is one of her favorite songs on the album. The fourth single was released on May 10th, 2005. It was released in conjunction with her movie, Herbie Fully Loaded. It's either featured in the movie or in the credits. I can't remember, but she did a music video that was themed to Herbie as well, and it was on the Herbie Fully Loaded soundtrack. It was a hit in Latin America and in parts of Europe, but was not as successful on the U.S. charts. On December 7th, 2004, Speak was released. It debuted at number four on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart with first week sales of over 261,000 copies. It was certified platinum by the RIAA and has sold over 1.1 million copies in the United States to date, which is a very successful album. You know, for the time, it, it wasn't a huge smash because lots of albums were doing much bigger numbers. But honestly, for the way that this was completely rushed out, I mean, it, it did really well. And I do remember, like, I remember this album being a thing. Her second album wasn't as much, but this was definitely a pop culture moment that I feel like people remember, especially rumors. For me, I wasn't as crazy about rumors, but I loved Over. That was what really did it for me and made me more interested in her album. Speak did make some kind of pop cultural footprint. And honestly, that's really the goal over sales, in my opinion. If that was me and I had to choose between a massive smash with sales or being memorable to people 20 years later, I would pick memorable. The week her album came out, Lindsay appeared on TRL and she was a co-host with Caduce to help promote the album. And uh, toward the end of the segment, Caduce pointed out that she had a quick clothing change for the last five minutes of TRL, which was strange and unusual. People don't usually do that. And he said, what does your shirt say? And Lindsay replied, you were never my boyfriend. And he asked, like, what is, what is that all about? And she goes, let's just say it's a statement. So she was clearly trying to be cheeky there and, you know, take her power back a little bit in terms of the public. And graphic tees were very in at the time. People still sell T-shirts that say you were never my boyfriend. Because of this moment, Lindsay appeared on Good Morning America. She performed Rumors and Over, and she did lip sync. It's very obvious that she's lip syncing because her band is live and the vocals are clearly being played over it. And this was just not the time to lip sync. As I said, Ashley Simpson had just been caught lip syncing that October. There was already enough skepticism around Lindsay as a musical artist. Anytime somebody goes from one career to the next and tries something new, there's going to be skepticism. It's the same way when someone who's known for music 
does a movie. I mean, look at what happened with Britney with Crossroads, you know? There's a lot of criticism out there when you're switching careers. And this was really Lindsay's moment to prove that she could sing and that she was a genuine musical artist and not just another actress trying to pump out an album. But she kind of was another actress just pumping out an album because she didn't put that time and that energy into it the way that she maybe could have had she not been busy making a movie at the same time and dealing with her dad and Wilmer and all of the other things that were going on in her life. It's not a very authentic performance and also her stage presence isn't really amazing either to be honest. I mean she looks really good but there's just something that's not connected about her live performances and she got a ton of flack for this. She was actually scheduled to perform again on Regis and Kelly but she claimed that she was sick and so she went on Regis and Kelly just to chat. Yeah. I know. I'm. I was supposed to sing today, but um, I'm sick again. Too much so nightlife, Lindsay. Too much being out there. That's what they say. Yeah. Well, that's too bad because we were looking for. Maybe we could do it again another when time. When I'm when I'm back in New York. And I understand like you weeks. wrote many of these songs, huh? I did. I had a hand in writing. Uh huh. You enjoy writing? Yeah. Lindsay keeps a journal. And I think a lot of people did believe her because she had just been hospitalized. But at the same time, a lot of people were saying, eh, this is just because she's not very good at singing live and she can't lip sync again because she's already been called out for it. And we don't want it to ruin her career the way it has Ashley Simpson. So let's just have her not perform on the show at all. It wasn't a great move. I, I honestly think it would have been better if she just sang on the show and maybe didn't sound her best, but... She, she did it. Like, I think she should have put herself out there and been like, yeah, maybe I don't have the most amazing voice, but I'm still going to get up there and, and do it because I'm a real musical artist and I, I really want to legitimately get out there and do my thing. Or maybe she just wasn't ready in general to do live performances and do music. It's kind of a shame to me the way that the whole thing unfolded, but we did still get a pretty good album out of it. Lindsay did a really good interview with the LA Times to promote this album. It was her and Tommy Mottola together, actually. Tommy said that this record is the best record he's been involved with in five years. She has as much, if not more, potential than any star or superstar I've worked with in all my careers. I've worked with a few of them in the past, from Barbara Streisand to Jennifer Lopez to whoever. That was clear Mariah Shade, and I am not here for it. Lindsay's got such a huge fan base. 13 million people went through the turnstiles to see Freaky Friday. If you get 10% of them, and then it just says dot dot dot. Lohan wrote some of Speak's lyrics. She had a surprising amount of control over the album, and often the songs appeared to be making vague but discernible references to events or people in her life. I have a journal, she said. I write in my journal all the time. My next single, Over, came from my journal entries. I don't want to talk about this, but from when I had a boyfriend. We decided to sit down and we wrote lyrics in my trailer, two songs in my house, and one in Wilmer's house. My next album will be a little edgier. There are things I want to try. Lyrically, I can speak more about other things. I'll be 19 by then. I mean, I'm obviously not going to talk about graphic details because I'm aware I have a younger audience and a younger sister. If you listen to the lyrics, there's ways that I say things. I could have said them differently in a way that would have been very controversial. Speaking of controversy, around this time, there were a ton of rumors going around about Lindsay, so obviously her first single was very appropriately titled. And there was even uh, one that had just happened around the time of this interview, which was over Thanksgiving, pictures got released on the internet. It says, the pictures that Lohan appeared in were grouped with pictures of her Long Island friends smoking what appeared to be blunts and hoisting beers. So she wasn't even in the pictures that also had the blunts in them. 
they were just grouped with pictures of her. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, first of all, I'm sure she was smoking pot and drinking like we all know, but she wasn't even pictured with it. Somebody else was pictured with it. And there were just pictures of Lindsay on the camera roll. Are you kidding me? So they ask Lindsay about it and she groans and says, I was with them over the weekend, my best friends since second grade. And she had pictures on her camera of them smoking pot. And there's pictures of me with those. And we're at this 16 year old kid's house and my brother was there and I went to get him. I love that she calls a 16 year old a kid, even though she's only 18. <laughs> and then she put them on picture trail online. Now they're going to People Magazine. And so they're saying that these pictures imply that Lindsay was drinking and getting high as well, which is, you know, not a big deal. She's 18. We all did it, you know, as long as she doesn't take it to the next level, which we, we all know that unfortunately that did happen in the future. But Lindsay says, it's not possible. Do you think Tommy's the kind of person that would let me do that or my mom? And I physically can't do that. Lohan was referring to her gossip fueling hospitalization, which she attributed to exhaustion. Actually, I think I should do a reality show and have it with me 24-7 so everyone can see I'm not this crazy person I'm supposed to be. I'm not out to be liked by everyone. I'm here to get my job done and do what I love to do. The thing is, like, being 18 and drinking and smoking weed over Thanksgiving break should not be something that people would dislike her for. If anything, that would just make me like her more, you know what I mean? It's really sad that she has to lie like this. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe that particular day she wasn't drinking and, and smoking but we know that she was in general, right? And maybe if it wasn't so looked down on to have a drink here and there, she wouldn't have felt the pressure that she felt to be so perfect, with then, which then just led to more alcohol and drug use. You know what I mean? It's like a vicious circle. And then this is what the magazine writes about her. It's got to be hard to love these cycles of product promotion that most celebrities choose to endure. Lindsay's face is noticeably thinner than her publicity pictures for the CD. The luminosity and health that made her look so appealing in Mean Girls is dangerous. Dampened. Ouch. I mean, unfortunately, they, you know, they are kind of right. I think Lindsay was never more luminous than in Mean Girls. There really was just something special about her in that movie that she just shined and she was the ultimate Hollywood actress it girl she really was and around this time of course she's not going to be looking as good because she just was in the hospital like do you really need to say that <laughs> like especially when you have an exclusive interview with her it's not like this is just a gossip rag this is an official interview with Lindsay and they're saying her luminosity is dampened you know it's ugh. sometimes I really don't envy these celebrities I have to tell you Lindsay says the other day I woke up at five this was when I was really sick too I'm just getting better but I still have a stuffy nose I went and did radio went everywhere came back in did phoners phoners are phone interviews then I had a band rehearsal till nine at night had to meet with my agent then I finally went to bed and the magazine says oh so you weren't dancing on tables at bungalow eight bungalow eight was a really popular club in Manhattan around this time you just ignore it she said of those page six reports when you address it it opens it up it gives it an opening then they say Lindsay Lohan denies dancing on tables if you ignore it it'll eventually subside as for her career she admires the way the Olsen twins have seized the means as it were of their own production she has an idea that she can bifurcate her brand to be her own twins in a way I want it to be like Lindsay the singer and Lindsay Lohan the actress I'm not going to go changing my name to like lids or something random LL rocks but I do want to find a way to just separate it from my acting LL Rocks is actually her production company and I believe that it still exists she actually released merch that said LL Rocks 
<laughs> I think it was mid-2004 that she released the merch. Hold on, I have to tell you guys this because it's so funny and cute. She had a fan club membership, which was $20, and included an autographed photo of Lindsay, a biography, a newsletter, a membership card, and an LL Rocks school folder. You could also buy flannel PJ pants that say LL Rocks for $39.95, shorts that say LL Rocks on the butt, the way that like Juicy did. Those were $21.95. T-shirts that say Lindsay Lohan in an oval in the middle with like speech bubbles of all her movies around her name. It's really, really cute. I mean, it's not like nice merch by any means. Like it's nothing compared to what people release today. And in order to get it, they had no e-commerce. So you had to send a check or money order to Huntington, New York in order to get your merchandise. I just think that's so funny. So that was Lindsay's merch line back in 2004. So LL Rocks was actually like, that was like an LLC. So the article ends with the LA Times saying, shortly thereafter, a publicist came in and exasperatedly said it was time to go, stopping Lohan in mid-sentence. What she had been saying was, I've never been in this for the money, especially for someone my age who likes to shop, which was a joke. I'm meeting with my managers. I want to be in this for the longevity and I want to have a great name. People have seen me go through my family issues, a breakup, and going to the hospital. So we, and then it cuts off. <laughs> couldn't even let her finish her sentence because this girl was busy she had to go to the next appearance interview and all of that at a press junket for speak Lindsay talked a lot about the double-edged sword of being famous and how much she works it sounds sick but as much as they trash you in those tabloids sometimes you want to be in those tabloids just because you want to get yourself out there and promote yourself and let people know that this is what you love to do and it's difficult at times it's hard because you're like God, just leave me alone. But the second that they stop writing about you is the second that you have to worry, especially when you're promoting an album and such. As much as it's it's upset me as well, everything that's been written about me, everything that's been said, false or true, whatever it is, it only lets people know that I'm a real person and I do deal with real issues. And I kind of, it's it all, it all works for the better in a way because some people can relate to me more. But you mature very early in this business, I feel. You grow up around adults and on sets and you have a full-time job. Like I've had a full-time job since I was like eight years old. I've been working like 10 hour days since then. So it's, you know, it's crazy. I work more than my parents work. My mom's at home with my brother and sister shopping in the day. My, like other people don't do that as much. <laughs> it's like my friend's dads have like a nine to five job and I get home, I go to set at like 5 a.m. sometimes, get home at eight. So it's, it's long days. This business does make you grow up faster, which is, which is a benefit in a lot of ways. I mean, you lose a lot of your innocence very quickly because people kind of strip that away from you but you learn to deal with it she also talked to ign music about her influences and they mentioned how she had previously stated that ann margaret is her triple threat type of influence but in the music world she said that she was inspired by madonna and janet jackson not just in terms of their longevity but in terms of how they've been able to reinvent themselves she also says that their music has always been able to keep up with the times as well I think that's an interesting comment that she said they're able to reinvent themselves because obviously Madonna and Janet are known for that. And now Lindsay's in this phase in 2022 where she is trying to reinvent herself and come back into the public eye. So 
it's going to be so interesting to see where everything goes from here. So let's get into some of the reviews on this album. Slant Magazine said that Lohan was in the throes of an identity crisis with this album. They said, Speak is like one giant market research disaster. The album was preceded by the R&B club style track Rumors, but that song has curiously relegated to a bonus track status on the album, even though there's no follow-up single in sight. An official website poll is asking fans what they think of several album cuts, which is never a good sign. I don't know, I kind of like that they were asking the fans. And obviously the fans chose Over, which was an incredible choice. Most of Speak follows the tired pop rock formula made popular by Avril and watered down even more by the likes of Hillary and Ashley, and there's nothing here to differentiate Lohan from her fellow girlies. I'd be hard-pressed to tell the difference between Nobody Till You and Very Last Moment in Time and any track from Hillary Duff's latest crap heap. Ouch. There's not one iota of originality or personality here, and nothing to indicate that Lohan has any interest in music other than just adding another hyphen to her list of talents. You would think with an album like Speak, Lohan would actually have something to say. See, I don't agree that there's not an oda of originality. Yes, it does sound a lot like Avril, Hillary, Kelly Clarkson, and Ashley. It does. That that I'm not going to deny that. But I do think that this album talks a lot about what Lindsay was personally going through at the time. It just so happens that she was personally going through a lot of the same things <laughs> that Avril and Hillary and all these people are going through, right? Like breakups and fame and all of that stuff. So... I guess the themes maybe were a little tired, but I like the flair that Lindsay personally adds to it. Okay, we've heard the negative side of things. Let's read a positive review. Now you guys know that I'm always saying it's ridiculous how they have these old white men reviewing these teen movies and albums. Like who really cares what some old guy has to say about Speak? Honestly, I mean, it wasn't made for you. So this was actually written in January 2018. It's on a site called On the A-Side and it's by... Sophie Mikalova. She says, to me, Speak is a masterpiece. It's one of the only albums that I think is absolute perfection from beginning to end. With its impeccable arrangement, 2004's Speak tells a story of heartbreak, insecurity, and personal growth. It is an incredible work of art and seriously one of my top 25 albums of all time, if not top 10. The album plays with genres mixing party and dance jams with heavier rock-infused songs that drip emotion. Though I first heard it as an 11-year-old, this album continues to be one that I bump regularly, and I continue to argue for its timelessness and storytelling. Beyond being a severely understated work of creative musical fusion, Speak also worked as a platform for Lindsay to open up about her feelings and share her internal monologue, pain, emotions, and thoughts with the world. The album touched on some deeply personal subjects like privacy issues and identity crises that come with fame to more common themes of love and heartbreak. Check out that article if you want. She then goes through all the songs. She also wrote a great article about Ashley Simpson on the same website. So she's one of us, guys. IGN said, For the most part, Rumor serves as the perfect introduction to the album as it more or less sets the tone of the remaining 10 tracks, which bounce from ragged guitar-driven pop rock to swirling synth pop, all of it driven by Lohan's snarls, breathy croons, and emotionally restrained angst. 
Speaking of the latter, the subject matter strewn throughout tends to lean toward the topics of love, both lost and found, with song titles like Nobody Till You and Symptoms of You reflecting this theme, while others like To Know Your Name follow up on the whole prying eyes of the public gripe that drives rumors. I'm just going to read the track listing quickly because I actually think that her song titles are very interesting. Like, I think that her song titles tell a story in themselves. It starts with the song First. A little on the nose, but (laughs) then we go into Nobody Till You, Symptoms of You, Speak, Over, Something I Never Had, Anything But Me, Disconnected, To Know Your Name, Very Last Moment of Time, Rumors, and Magnet, which is actually, I think it was only on the International and Vinyl Editions Magnet, but when you get the album on Spotify, it's on there, which I actually really like the song Magnet. I think they should have just included it. For me, all of these songs really do tell a clear story. Like, I think the album is more cohesive than a lot of these reviews make it out to be. IGN says, The album commences with First, which is propelled by crunchy guitars, while Lohan croons in a mock Gwen Stefani squiggle, demanding that any guy she's with give her all the attention. It's the type of song that will no doubt resonate with teen girls just falling into the throes of love. (laughs) I still relate to that song, though. I love lyrics of First. Don't want to be like every other girl in the world, like every other girl that wants you, because when I see you, something inside me burns, and then I realize I want to come first. I feel like that's that's a universal message. I don't think that that's just being a teen in the throats of love, honestly. Because I think with dating, a lot of people just kind of date around and I'm never that person. I only date someone if I am crazy about them. I never just bring some cute guy over to my friend's house for a party or like bring some cute guy out to a concert with me or something. No, I do not waste my time. I am only interested in people that I'm like crazy about. And so if I'm seriously interested in somebody, I'm coming from this place that she's coming from in the song where it's like, I know you have a lot going on. I know a lot of people want you, but if you want to be with me, I have to come first. That's it. Period. (laughs) So I've always liked that song and I, I love, that's the song that I will like scream in the car. I mean, basically all these songs are that, but especially this one. Nobody Till You shifts the focus from me to you with Lohan stressing, Till You I Was Nothing But Lonely Nights. The song hits a somewhat ironic punch given that Lohan's much-publicized romance with Wilmer Valderrama recently came to an abrupt end. Even though Symptoms of You follows in the footsteps of Nobody Till You, in that it's a song about Lohan's lovesick tendencies toward her chosen object of affection, on another level, it's almost as if Lohan is taking an amusing swipe at her own tabloid press, specifically her recent hospital stay for exhaustion, on when she breathily careens, I'm not ill, I don't need to take a pill to fix what you do, cure can't come through, cause baby all I do is suffer symptoms of you. The track itself is a wash in Vanessa Carlton styled piano before jumping off into angry Avril influenced rock terrain. I actually prefer the verse lyrics. I like when she says, There's a good kind of pain, an insane kind of sane when I'm around you. There's a chill in the heat, feel the sky at my feet, cause I adore you. I can't ignore you. I mean, if you haven't felt that way, you haven't lived. Am I right? (laughs) IGN continues, The album's title track returns to the bumping electro-disco reverberation, complete with breathy background vocals and Lohan adopting a decidedly Madonna-esque vocal style, at least on the verses. So I love this song, Speak. I just think it expresses so clearly something I felt very often in relationships, and not just romantic relationships, all relationships. 
the chorus goes speak come on and let it out give it to me you know that i can take it speak because the more you say the more i'm at ease come on don't keep me waiting i don't want to guess not a test tell me what you're thinking keep it real no big deal tell me what you're dreaming speak let it out breathe I love that because I just feel like sometimes when you're in any type of relationship, friendship, even working relationships, I mean so many different types of relationships, sometimes you're just waiting for that message from the other person that you really are craving and it would just make you feel so much better if they said that thing that would just reassure you but they're not saying it. And additionally, when you're infatuated with someone, you just want to know them so bad. You know what I mean? You just want to hear every detail of their thoughts and dreams and how they feel about everything and what's going on in their life. And I think it really hurts when somebody's kind of keeping you at arm's length and keeping a wall up. That's why it feels so magical when you're falling in love with someone and they're falling in love with you at the same time and you're both at the same place and you don't have to beg for them to speak because you're exactly on the same level. So I also think that Lindsay's passion in the song just really like you can tell that she wrote it. It just really stands out. And then over is the next track, which I feel the same way about. IGN says over begins like a cure track complete with mournful acoustic guitar and haunting piano tuned synth. Yes, I love the instruments and the production of them on over. Of course, it's not a Robert Smith penned tune, so it quickly turns into a slow rocker in which Lohan returns to her can't-live-without-you, love-torn subject matter. This mellow demeanor continues on Something I Never Had, which is again dominated by acoustic guitar before amping up the tempo a bit. Lindsay's voice is strong and confident, but the song itself sounds like a million other contemporary pop songs. So regarding Over, I'm actually going to talk more about this in the episode with Jesse, but Over is one of my favorite music videos. It's not like there's nothing super special about it except for the fact that I think Lindsay looks so stunningly gorgeous in it. Like this imprinted on me as a child. I cannot tell you like her hair is just so red and so beautiful and it's just the autumn sun is hitting it and it just she looks absolutely breathtaking and fall is my favorite season too so I think just the fact that she's like walking down the street she's walking by her ex's house it's just I don't know it's just powerful to me I actually learned while doing research for this episode that Lindsay actually recorded this song while she was broken up with Wilmer but she was still kind of living with him like she was moving all of her stuff out but because she had absolutely no time to do anything they had to squeeze in the recording while she was still at Wilmer's. They had broken up he was in the other room and she was belting out this song at the top of her lungs (laughs) and it was so awkward because he's in the other room and she's like screaming this song into the mic trying to get it recorded because it was literally only recorded a couple weeks before the album came out so even though they had broken up they couldn't move the recording studio again or like send her into the studio I guess so they just had to record it there on the spot and imagine all those feelings that were going through her like Wilmer's in the other room she's trying to sing like that's why the song sounds so so raw and real and powerful in my opinion because
because she's in the apartment of the person who the song is about while he's in the other room. I mean, of course, it's going to have a little bit something more to it than some of these other songs. In 2014, Justin Moran ranked Lindsay Lohan's best music videos for Paper Magazine, and he said, In the video for Angry Rock Pop Track Over, Lindsay stares at a neighbor boy from her bedroom window, wears too much black eye makeup, hooks up with said boy in a random trailer, and cries a lot. This video has a completely over-the-top dramatic ending with Lindsay doing donuts with the neighbor boy in a vintage car. Amazing. Only to be interrupted by his abusive father. Lindsay cries more, breaks through a window with her heel, and shatters a lamp on the ground. Yes, Lindsay. Yes. We love it when you're angry. The video actually almost has too much going on, but I definitely prefer it to a video like Rumors, and I also prefer it to a song like Rumors. I mean, I haven't talked that much about that song because it's never been my favorite. I get that so many people are going to disagree with me and so many people stand that song, but it's just not for me. So Over is what really sold me on her as a singer, although I, I was kind of already into it because of Confessions and Freaky Friday. But I have to say, even though there's almost too much going on in this video, I do think it's really interesting because it's kind of a blend of what she was going through with Wilmer and then you have like the abusive father and the violence and all that kind of stuff so it also represents Lindsay's own father and then you have the doing donuts in the cars which is kind of like inspired by Herbie in a way I guess so this video is kind of a weird amalgamation of all these things that were going on in Lindsay's life at the time and I just really like it I think it's a powerful video her acting is great in it so obviously if you're Lindsay Lohan you're gonna want to add some drama to your video and show off those acting skills right IGN continues the pulsating energy returns on anything but me as synth blips bounce and flutter in the background fleshing out the driving guitar and slap bass augmentation anything but me I think is a very interesting song it's one of the ones she did with John and Kara and it's all about how she's having successes but there's people around her that want her to change and fit into a certain box that she doesn't necessarily want to so she feels like she's kind of leaving herself behind and that these people want her to be anything but who she really is I love these lyrics nobody told me that I'd be in happy places just trying to erase the traces what came before me a girl that I used to see somewhere very deep she's falling asleep and I'm trying to wake her so much confusion circling inside my head what this one and that one said it's all an illusion because I'm still the same person no matter how fast I run I'm trying to hold on to where it is I come from now is a never-ending thing one more minute turns into another before I've had time to run from all the other ones and it's so hard to live a dream when everything they want you to be is anything but me honestly as much as I love speak I kind of think that this should have been the title track because I think this perfectly represents what she's going through at this time in her life and you have to remember she's only 18 <laughs> like think of yourself at 18 I think it's beautiful that she's expressing this you know now is a never-ending thing one more minute turns into another it's like everything that she does gets dragged on and on and on and on in the press and every time she gives something she gets more success so that just leads to more and more like press interviews and appearances and movies and money and tv and music and all of this stuff and people are painting her to be somebody that she's not and it's like what's real and what isn't you know did we ever know 
the real Lindsay? Will we ever know the real Lindsay? How is she going into fame this time? You know, she's putting herself back in the spotlight for the first time in a lot of years. Like she's really making a concerted effort in 2022. And I'm just really curious to see what Lindsay we're really going to get and where her mind is at. And I hope that she's able to stay in a really healthy place that we've seen her in recently. IGN continues, Disconnected does a flip, beginning like a cross between a classic traffic tune and Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive. In fact, the guitar parts on this song are some of the best and most engaging on the entire album and fit Lohan's steady, passionate vocals rather nicely, making the first minute of the song the strongest part of the entire album. Sadly, the song eventually reverts to the overbearingly generic pop rock crunch that has become de rigueur for the album. I'm not sure what that means. I guess it's a French term. But I do think Disconnected is one of the most memorable songs on the album. I feel like this one pops into my head more often than most of the other ones. This song has seven writers on it, none of which are Lindsay. But I think that... It must be one of the songs written from her journal because it sounds like she's talking about her emotional pain kind of turning into physical pain and her ending up in the hospital. The lyrics go, Sleeping awake and awake when I'm sleeping. I've got a dry kind of thirst when drenched. On sunny days, all I can see is a shadow and I'm not above being under. And I'm at the brink, though I know that I'm empty. And I always hide when it's my turn to seek. My only belief is not to have faith in believing. Before I begin, I'm over, disconnected, broken off again when I'm only not lonely, when I'm lonely by myself, disconnected, numb in pain again. I always backtrack forward because all in all, I'm disconnected. I don't know. I think that's pretty deep. Like even though she didn't write this, it feels to me like it's very Lindsay. I also send some of her family issues in this song too, you know? It's funny when you're famous and millions of people know who you are and love you and think you're fabulous and amazing and talented, but you actually feel disconnected. Like rather than feeling connected to all of those people who appreciate you, you're always hiding when it's your turn to seek. Very interesting. If you actually pay attention on this album, it's very interesting. Like I get that a lot of it just sounds like other artists of the time, but if you really pay attention, you get to know a lot about Lindsay. IGN continues, the remaining two tracks on the album, To Know Your Name and Very Last Moment in Time, present Lohan in her Madonna and Sheryl Crow modes, respectively. The former is a synth-layered slice of slinkiness, Lohan crooning in a sexy club-oriented swelter. It's good for a material girl knockoff, in fact, mimicking the former Miss Sicone much better than Britney has been able to pull off. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> Okay, so To Know Your Name, I mentioned, is one of my favorite tracks on the album. I think the production on this is very good. I don't know. It's just one of those songs that goes down so easy. And I think it's a better song than Rumors in terms of being a song about Lindsay's fame. Like Rumors, I just don't find interesting at all. There's nothing about it that makes me want to press play and hear it again after it's played. But To Know Your Name definitely has something more to it for me. Maybe it's because it's tied to the Wilmer relationship and not just fame in general. The lyrics go... Can't get out, can't get through, need to be alone with you, must escape, or are we allowed no part of privacy? Everybody wants to know our love, everybody talks about our love, everybody wants to know your name, everybody needs to criticize, none of them are even in our lives, everybody wants to know your name, can't the boys with the zooms give the girl just a second, 
See, the man that I love needs a little sweet attention. Oh, I don't want to seem harsh, but this girl's under pressure. I can't go through losing you again. That is so interesting to me because if you are trying to hide a relationship, but you're as famous as Lindsay was at the time, plus you're dating someone who's also famous, I can totally see that being a problem. Like all these people are in your face all the time and you want to be affectionate and loving to your boyfriend because you guys have distance between you, but you can't do that because then they'll see it. That's like, that's interesting, right? I don't know. It made me think of this thing that Courtney Cox was recently talking about on Howard Stern. I feel like she would be able to relate to this song because she wasn't trying to hide her relationship, but she's engaged to Johnny McDade, who is in the band Snow Patrol. She said on Howard Stern that when they first started dating, he would get really frustrated with her because she was so open with fans. Like if they were out in public and someone came over to her and said Courtney can I get a picture she would you know just get up and take the picture like she says that she doesn't even think about it you know she appreciates her fans and she wouldn't put her boyfriend first in that scenario she would put the fan first because to her it's just her nature at this point I mean she's been so super famous from friends for so long that it's just second nature someone comes over to her she talks to them she takes a picture she moves on and for him that was weird I mean I guess even though he's in Snow Patrol that he's not as famous as Courtney and he's not as recognizable as her and it was really hard for him to adjust to how famous she was. And I think that that's something that a lot of famous people go through when they're trying to date. And it's almost as though they have to date somebody who's famous too because they have to be with somebody who understands what it's like. And I think that that is probably a really difficult thing. And I know plenty of famous people marry non-famous people, but I think that's why a lot of these big power couples work. Who knows what it's like to be as big as Beyonce? Jay-Z does <laughs> you know many other people wouldn't know what that's like that's probably one of the reasons why she stayed with his cheating ass you know okay so of very last moment in time IGN says it returns to the guitar driven pop schematic Lohan's sultry croon tapered down a bit to fit the more organic nature of the music here the lyrical imagery follows the paint-by-numbers positivity that saturates most of modern pop, but even so, when she urges us to live like it's the last moon rising, one can't help but almost embrace that poetically strained imagery. The song eventually suffers from overproduction in the form of faux-symphonic embellishment and incredibly heavy drums, which is too bad. They go on to say, Lindsay Lohan isn't a bad singer, but she's not extraordinary either. I'd agree with that. She's just another young girl on the brink of becoming a young woman. The only difference between her and all the other millions of girls undergoing the same things is that Lohan is surrounded by fame and fortune, loving and loathing all the attention simultaneously. As with her contemporaries, Brittany, Christina, Ashley, Avril, and Hillary, it remains to be seen if she will transcend the generic pop princess model and turn into a mature, insightful artist. For now, Speak offers up sugar-coated prefab pop that is easily digested but just as easily forgotten. Well, all I have to say to that is it's not so easily forgotten because here I am talking about it in 2022. So that just goes to show they were wrong about that, you know? I mean, you can't deny it. We're all sitting here reminiscing, aren't we? Another thing that proves them wrong on that is 
Speak was actually released on pink vinyl through Urban Outfitters on August 7th, 2020. I mean, that hasn't even happened with Ashley's albums, which is shocking that they would do that with Lindsay and not Ashley. I mean, Ashley's album did a lot better and Ashley was the bigger star of the time, but it just goes to show how iconic this album Speak is for a lot of us who were kids and teenagers in 2004. Okay, everybody, that is going to do it for the fifth installment of my Lindsay Lohan series. I will be back next week. We have so many awesome things coming both for this series and the podcast in general. I want to thank you so much for listening. Now that you're done listening to this, why not go play Speak and DM me. Let me know what your favorite tracks on the album are. I will talk to all of you guys soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capria Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessica cast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessica cast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.